Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. And I know that all of my listeners out there already have their the TalkZone um, app. And um, it, it, the TalkZone app is good for, um, you know, the Apple and Android platform. So this way, you know, you can... Um, you know, tune into my uh, uh, programs any any time of the day that you want, um, as well as other good listening um, programs that are on TalkZone.com. This is a beautiful day that God has given to us, and I so appreciate you all tuning into my show today, as I know that you do have choices. Now, I do hope that you all out there are doing well and that you are able to move not only forward, but upward in your lives to do all the things that must be done for not only you, but for your family and where you are employed as well. Now, I am praying for all of those who were affected by Hurricane Michael and who will be affected um, by Hurricane uh, Michael. And uh, I mean, what a powerful storm. You know, I was watching new footage on the storm um, yesterday and this morning, and I'm telling you, Anyone who states that there is no global warming, um, you should rethink that. So please, for all of those who decided to stay that are listening to me, regardless of what uh, you were warned about, I pray that you are all doing okay. And I pray that for all of those who have left, I pray that you are all doing okay as well. All right, now, here we go. We are getting closer to the November 6, 2018 midterm elections in this country. Now, on my last broadcast, listeners, you did not hear me talk about getting registered to vote or making sure you vote, et cetera, because it was a rerun. <laughs> and I do appreciate all of you uh, who tuned in uh, into and listened and or listened for the first time. However, now I am going to talk a bit about the midterm election that it is so vital it is so vitally important to get out there and make your voices heard listeners and this is done by voting we are close to the voting date and therefore some states have already closed the ability to get registered and some have not like for example in Arizona you know um uh, the um uh date was the 9th and i i understand that uh some other uh, states, I believe Florida was the ninth, but then some other states, you know, do have it continuing on longer. And then some other states, um, uh, you know, you can go there and register and vote for at the same time. I think that's phenomenal. So if you don't have this ability to get, um, you know, maybe you could go online and check and see, um, you know, what the indie dates are of your state. If you don't have the ability to get online from your homes, you know, you can always call the secretary of state. Um, office there and find out. Now, for all of my listeners who are already registered to vote, I want to keep the momentum going. So let me ask you a few questions. And um, I, I just want to know this. Okay. Are you guys out there satisfied with what is happening in our nation right now? The consistent inequality and racism, women 
Are you satisfied with the new Supreme Court justice pick, knowing uh, what this individual stands for, not only dealing with women, but our nation in general? What about the lack of enthusiasm regarding the infrastructure? Our climate is um, at stake with the constant warming regarding greenhouse gases and other depletants in our atmosphere. What do you think about the education in our system? These are just the summation of some of the things that need to be reviewed and dealt with in this great nation of ours. And it doesn't matter what party you are affiliated with. Please utilize your right and get out and vote, vote and vote. All right. Okay, moving on. This is going to be another great show. I have two fantastic women on with me for my show today, uh, particularly in the wake of all of this that is happening, you know, since we last talked. I have Terry Griffith. She is a highly respected attorney, activist, and a friend to the show. And Michelle Kuba, she is a knowledgeable business coach and a professional writer who she's also a friend of the show. And she's located right here in Arizona. Now, both of these fabulous women are returning guests on my show. That's why they are friends to my show. And today they will be joining me to discuss the following subject matters. First one is people in this country are scared. Uncertainty is seemingly high. And what has happened that has caused this in our country? Divisiveness is tearing the very fabric of our great nation What are some of the things as women we see that are contributing to this factor? Some issues women still face in 2018, subject, uh, for example, student debt crisis, job discrimination and pay inequality and lack of women in leadership. Now, what can be done to rectify the situation in our society? Bill Cosby, he's paying for his criminal acts towards women. However, Howard uh, Harvey Weinstein and allegedly the person in the White House have committed similar offenses towards women, and they are still freely abound. My question is, why? It is often said that we are a country um, uh, that that said that it, that we are a country in need, and we need to do better. Is there any legs to this statement, you know, pertaining to women, and what does this statement mean from a woman's point of view? So we're going to be discussing all of these great things, you know. So I'm going a little bit quickly here because we have a lot of interesting um, subject matters, as you can tell, to discuss. So please stay tuned. Now, I will be bringing on my wonderful guests, as I said, in a moment. However, I want to start my conversation with you, my listeners, with Dinner Table Conversation. And today the title is, Are We Living in the Worst Times? Now, this is a similar subject matter that I have discussed with you all before on my show. However, Things are seemingly not improving in our country in particular. Now, I am a fan of CBS Sunday Morning News program, and they have interesting and educational topics, which is the reason I enjoy listening to them. Well, this past Sunday, October 7, 2018, one of their correspondents named Doris Kearns Goodwin. She is a Pulitzer uh, Prize winning historian. She is the author of Leadership in Turbulent Times. Um, discussed in these the turbulent times of sorry, and she discussed this very subject um, on this broadcast. And I thought it would be great to share some of what she stated during her talk. And as always, I please do go and um, check out cbsnews.com site to hear this in entirety. Anyway, she stays in part, listeners. Everywhere I go, people stop to ask, are these the worst of times? No, they're not. History reassures us. Imagine Abraham Lincoln entering office with the country 
um, about to rupture into a civil war that would leave more than 600 dead. Imagine Theodore Roosevelt thrust into office when conflict between the rich and the poor had grown so intense that talk of revolution filled the air. Imagine Franklin Roosevelt coming into power when the Great Depression had paralyzed the economy and the spirit of the country. Imagine Lyndon Johnson taking office in the wake of Kennedy's assassination when a civil rights bill was mirrored in Congress and racial issues seared the country. Although these four leaders possess skills and strengths uniquely suited to guide us through, leadership in a democracy requires a two-way street. She goes on to say, while today's disunity is not a dire, it is potentially deeply damaging. Theodore Roosevelt warned that the rock on which democracy would founder would be when regions, classes, races, and parties regarded one another as the other rather than as citizens marked by fellow feeling, banding together for the best interest in our country. We must remember, she says, as Franklin Roosevelt insisted, that problems created by man can be solved by man so long as we pull together toward a common end. And there are many encouraging signs of healing, a wide and deep burst of citizen activism, young voices, a diverse raft of new candidates, including record-breaking numbers of women. Whether the change we seek will be positive and inclusive depends not only on our leaders, but on us. What we as individuals do now, she says, and if we unite, can make all the difference. She said it is time to heed Abraham Lincoln's plea that we engage together in calm and enlarged consideration, ranging far above personal and partisan politics. She says, I believe the renewal of a moral vision and purpose that built and sustained us in past turbulent times can do so again. Now, this is what I want to say. These are words well spoken, and I just bet that her book is a fabulous one. However, I would like to add my two cents in and say that President and say that President Clinton and President Obama led this country out of a brink of despair and hopelessness after two Bushes were in the White House. Now, my questions for this dinner table conversation are the following. When President Obama was in office, there was damaging uh, things happening to our country as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, but not on the level it is today, in my opinion. How though we had a Congress that was determined by its leaders, such as Mitch McConnell, that their intent was to make him a one term president and to not allow him to do anything of the anything that he wanted to do in order to move this country forward and upward in a positive manner. Regardless of the discontent, listeners, racism and ugliness President Obama endured during his tenure, he and his administration still moved on with class dignity, care, determination, love, and hope for the country that he was the leader of. Now, could this be because he spoke consistently of having hope, showed that he cared and not looking downward and backwards, that that he truly believed in God and God truly believed in him as he brought him through two elections? Comparatively, what are some of the differences you see from the previous administration to the present administration? It is time for us to heed Abraham Lincoln's plea that we are engaged uh, together in calm and in large consideration, ranging far above personal and partisan politics. I agree. However, what are the suggestions that you have to bring to the table for love, peace and calmness in a country that is so divided, where leaders love war, downplays the news media, 
you know, big friend to one of this country's biggest adversaries, bullying, tweets and willy-nilly spends the taxpayer monies on attending rallies, shouting individuals in audiences in attendance who apparently have drank the Kool-Aid not knowing that he actually is not on their side. A country who is no longer respected by its own allies. How do you fix this? As we are living in bad times right now. Now, as always, I say to my listeners, if this is a subject matter you do not choose to discuss at the dinner table conversation as suggested, please come up with one of your own. As the whole purpose of this is to bring everyone to the table to together collectively as a family and to hear things, hear their opinions and learn how their day was. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. Thank you for listening for that. I am ready to bring on my guest. I am going to introduce my first guest, which is Michelle uh, Kubis. She is um, a friend to the show and also Terry Griffith, who is also a friend to the show. And I welcome both of you ladies for joining me today. Oh, good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, ladies. How are you both doing? Just great. Here over in Arizona. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the yeah, it's it's kind of cloudy here, but you know what? It's it's all good. I'm up and about, and and I can I can do another day. So you know, God is great, in my opinion. Okay, let's get started. Um, people in this country are scared. Uncertainty is seemingly high, and um, so Terry, I want to start with you. There is definitely a change in the atmosphere of this country, particularly since the new administration has set its feet in the doors of the White House and been the majority of both houses. This is something that I have spoken about on my program during previous broadcasts, and you know because I've discussed them with you as a guest. Being awake is phenomenal, and in doing so, you can check the ugliness in this country simply by looking at how people treat one another, Terry, you know, how they drive, how they talk, how they dress, some police are shooting people of car without any real reasons or con- uh, concrete proof of doing so. Everything has energy, you know, your thoughts, for example, you know, the rise of uh, racism, men uh, being brought up on charges regarding molestation and, and rape. And and, and it's, it's just, you know, they need to be brought to justice and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my question to you, uh, Terry, is, you know, is that what do you think, there are a couple of things that are contributing to the consistent uncertainty and fearfulness that is now among this country's populace. Um, um, excuse me. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. I believe it's a death of civility. Civility is what we no longer have manners. That's what civility mm-hmm. is. And common sense. Common sense tells us um or it should tell us how to act in any given circumstance. I think what fans the flames of the death of civility and common sense is a media that's out of control. They mm-hmm. but you take it one step further and the American public is buying it. Instead of stop buying newspapers that are uh yellow journalism, tabloid um type articles we should stop spending our money there because the strongest, the strongest way to change things in the United States is through the consumer. If 
Mm-hmm. The United States people would just get together and flex our consumerism muscle. We could change. We could change the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that that really has proven. You know, it, you know, don't. Um, I'm saying it, President Obama has said it, then you need to get out there and, and talk about it and then discuss it. And I totally agree that, that there is a death of civility. I mean, they're just, it's, you know, the class is just gone and, and common sense. And, you know, we've talked about uh, this on our show um, along with you, Terry, um, that if common sense was common. Uh, Michelle, what are your thoughts about this? Well, uh, good morning, Terry and uh, Teresa. Uh, Good morning. This is something I've thought long and hard about. In fact, I'm in the midst of writing a book. It's almost finished. It's called The Broken Social Contract. Mm. The the idea is that there is a, as Adam Smith spoke of our early years as a country, uh, that there was a hidden hand that governed the market. There used to be a social contract that if you worked hard, you were law-abiding, and you did the right thing, so to speak, you were assured of moving forward in the in in the scheme of the American dream. That dream has been broken, and the interest in winning has taken over the interest of doing the right thing. They, the mm-hmm. politicians talk about uh, being legal, but they don't talk about if it's right or wrong. They're only mm-hmm. concerned with the legality of it. So that my view is, I, I think it starts there. I think the languaging, uh, the way people, as you mentioned, speak to each other, even the way they drive, you see people cutting people off or even in the parking lot, they're ready to run over the pedestrians. <laughs> It's just mm-hmm. uh, the social mores, as I call them. People don't like small talk. They don't want to engage. They want to do their business and get on with it. There's, there are no patience in in taking time to even understand where a person's coming from. Everyone just goes mm-hmm. to their corner. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just like to add before moving on, um, Terry and Michelle and my listeners is that, um, I engage people in conversation as much as possible when I'm out and about. Um, even if I'm standing in line, um, at the post office, um, at the grocery store, um, I engage them in conversation. What I find is that, um, if I were to put it on a, um, on a scale, I would say that 99 Point nine percent of the people they talk back with me, you know, is the manner in how, um, you know, I I approach them. It's all like Terry was saying, civility. You know, use common sense. You know, you have patience. Uh, first and foremost, God is in front of me, and I just you know talk to them, ask them how their day is, and just asking them that I find that that really lightens up their face. Like, oh wow, somebody really cares. <laughs> Someone's really asking me how how my day is. Yeah, so in this great country of ours, and it's still, in my view, the greatest country um, 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 on this planet, um, in spite of all of the all of its flaws, uh, but all of these things can be fixed, um, you know, with um, the lack of common sense, the death of civility, um, 
and and um the dream um that was very beautifully uh, said Michelle the the dream has been broken I mean, you know, people aren't uh, that advantageous about coming to this country anymore because you have the the Statue of Liberty saying one thing, but then once you land your feet uh, in the United States, it's saying something else. Okay. Now let's move on. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is divisiveness. It's tearing the very fabric of our great nation. What are some of the things as women we see that are contributing to this factor? Now, I have talked about many times in this show to my listeners that if you want to know why you are in the present dilemma, then you should take a gander of the past to see why your present self is in such state. So I decided to do some research, and I came across um, a couple of things. One is by a gentleman by the name of Con- uh, Connor Fryer Dersdorf. It's dated uh, November 2016, and it states in part the following. This selection has divided Americans like few in history. Can the country put itself back together again? They're talking about the last election. He asked, are you ever nostalgic for the bygone days when the cable network sorted Americans neatly into a red team and a blue team, and we fought over the Patriot Act? the Iraq war and gay marriage. There was a lot to lament. Many people felt anxious about how divided the country seemed, but then a charismatic young man with a white mother and a black father tried to comfort us. The pundits like to slice and dice our country in two, uh, Barack says. Red states for Republicans, blue states for Democrats, he said, but I've got news for them. We worship an awesome God in the blue states and we don't like federal agents poking around in our libraries in the red states. We coach a little league in the blue states and yes, we've got gay friends in the red states. We are one people. Michelle, what do you think about what I said so far? Well, I I couldn't have said it better myself, truthfully. As a wordsmith, I find words matter, and that's one of the reasons I think Barack Obama was such a, an adept leader. He spoke with you, not at you. He didn't uh, lose his temper, and he didn't show uh, an animus toward even people who were grumbling at him when he gave his first uh, State of the Union and that lunatic called out, you lie. That, to me, was the starting point uh, for this breakdown uh, in the Congress. But no mm-hmm. one had ever addressed the president like that uh, publicly mm-hmm. in that condition. I think what we are seeing, Teresa and Terry, is that we're seeing a, a breakout of fear, like a contagion. And people, you talk about the good old days, and I'd like to know which year they're referencing and mm-hmm. uh, if, if if you're a person of color, the good old days in the 50s weren't so good. Uh, mm-hmm. If you were an immigrant coming in uh, at the turn of the century, it, it wasn't so good. Uh, it, mm-hmm. uh, every group has had its chance at uh, prejudice. The whole idea is what you're seeing now with these uh, registrations. More people are registering as independents rather than um, any particular party. There's been at least a 30% increase in independent uh, voters, which if in your state, uh, listeners, you need to 
checked because independents cannot necessarily vote in the primary of the specific party. So mm-hmm. uh, that's something to be checked out. So those are some of the things that we see. Uh, I think one of the things that can be overcome is starting, as you say, with yourself, how we address people. Do we read other things uh, of differing opinions? And how do we share those opinions, uh, even within Absolutely. family? You know, you have people mm-hmm. around the table, they, they won't even talk to each other. So uh, that's that's how I see it. Exactly. It's uh, what has sparked my dinner table um, uh, conversation. Now, Terry, I want to bring you in, but I want to read something real quickly by uh, Bobby Azarian, uh, Ph.D., and he posted this on the 27th of December um, uh, in part following uh, his article he wrote, which is titled Trump Divided America with Psychology Here you know, uh, here in this country, he says, in part, no matter who we are or what side of the political spectrum you fall, it is likely that President Donald Trump has significantly increased your anxiety levels, distorting your perception of the world and negatively affecting your behavior in ways you are unaware of. But the good news is that these cognitive bases, biases and behavioral changes can be reversed if one becomes cognizant of their existence, makes a conscious effort. He also says Trump provokes anxiety in both the right and the left, perhaps equally, albeit in very different ways. For the right, he fuels their fears about minorities and similar others, calling Hispanics immigrants, murderers, and rapists, and stating in blanket fashion that Islams hate us. His his demonization of the liberal uh, media and the Obama administration has transformed many right-wingers into full-fledged conspiracy. What are your thoughts about this, Terry? Um, I'm sorry. I led with um again because, you know, you're almost speechless. I'm like the rest of America. I can't figure it out. I don't understand why mm-hmm. anybody would support. We go back to Abraham Lincoln, a nation divided against itself cannot stand, and it is those kind of days. We are divided, and I don't understand it, except to say that if the American public doesn't join together as individuals and Mm -hmm. put aside racism, put aside gender, put aside socioeconomic status, um, I don't know that we can't. I don't think it's possible to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. We have to start functioning as individuals again and coming together without without being polarized. Um, Any time you want to pull the wool over someone's eyes, and I don't think it's just Trump, I think it's a lot of our politicians, you divide the body politic. The body politic is the individuals. You divide them either by race, by sex, by education. You limit education. You talk, you know, one of your topics is a student loan. I mean, we have people, we have youngsters, 18 years old, signing up to go to war, risk their lives so they can get a college education. How is that one of the greatest countries in the world? Exactly. You have to risk your life to get a college education. These are in all the many ways they divide the individuals. And I'm going to say Mm -hmm. they, that's politicians who most of them are owned by, you know, a a handful of corporations running the country. 
Exactly. Exactly. And but, you know, once again, uh, both of you ladies, you know, would understand this. I, I hope what I'm going to say is that isn't this not something from a historic point of view, what was done um, to in order to uh, fashion a totalitarian regime regime? Is these not some of the things that Stalin did, you know, to tell people, you know, don't believe what the media is saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Created fear among the populace. Um, all of the things that are being done right now, in my opinion, uh, through this through this administration is just totally off the chain. And I and I agree with both of you ladies. And I want to point out something that um, Terry said that's very, uh, you know, important, you know, is that if if, you know, we as of the citizens of this country, if we don't understand the nature of the divisiveness that's going on, then it is. It does make it hard to see how we're going to come together and get through this. And this is why I said that th- these are very scary times, you know, that we that that, you know, that we that we are living in. You know what I mean? I mean, this it, it is it is very scary. Is there anything else? Um, uh, Michelle, would you like to comment on this? Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the questions we can start asking to get back to a normalcy is remove the hyphens from our name. You know, we're not black Americans. We're not Irish Americans. We're not Chinese Americans. We're Mm Americans. Exactly. Uh, My mother was uh, an immigrant, and she never defined herself as uh, a British American. So uh, Mm -hmm. it was never an issue when we were growing up. And I think Mm -hmm. it started out as a good thing to give people who may have been, um, you know, repressed and so on, to to really dig down and find that identity. But I think it's hurt us more than it's helped us. And one of the things I always ask is if you're in a car accident and you need a blood transfusion, are you asking that person, are they a Democrat or a Republican? Exactly white or blue, it doesn't matter. And I think that's where we could start, just looking at things that are actually life-threatening. And in those moments, look at the people who help in these terrible catastrophes like these hurricanes right now, how they jump out of boats and get people, Mm -hmm. get the animals. So we need to be our own masters rather than allowing people to maneuver us. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole thing, um, the whole thing, ladies and my listeners, is that we need one another. And this is something that I have spoken about many times on my show. You're not going to do anything, not unless someone has helped you to get to where you're going. You know, you're out looking for a job. Someone hired you. You know, you hear people say, well, I went out and got myself this job. I think that needs to be rephrased and said, OK, I went out looking for a job and Mrs. Dunlap or Mr. Uh, 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 Johnson hired me. Otherwise, you would not be in, you know, be employed. You know, it um, uh, that's a good point about uh, what's going on with the hurricane and, and um, people helping one another. Um, I never. Uh, it, you know, I, I think I have said, I'm, as a matter of fact, let me rephrase that. I know I have said on this program um, many times uh, before um, because, uh, you know, my grandmother, <clears throat> excuse me, her parents, um, you know, were French and Irish. Um, my, my grandfather is Cherokee right here um, in, in these um, in the United States. And I never liked this thing. 
all the way back from when Jesse Jackson was saying, okay, well, we're, you know, we're this and that, you know, call yourself black, you know. Well, let me give you something from a commonsense point of view. And from a, a, a Spanish, um, a Latina um, a translation, the word Negro also means black. So actually, where did you move yourself from? Where did you gravitate to just by calling yourself black? And it's just a means to segment the population, to make the population, one population feel worse than the other by calling them black and then and I'm white. There is no there's no such thing. I totally agree on one population that we are human beings. We are all spiritual beings having a human being experience here on Earth. And my and my rating is, you know, if I were to vote it, if I were to rate it on a scale from one to five, you know, we really suck. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't even make it from the five being the uh, the the highest, one being the lowest. Lowest, it would have to go that that we're really sucking right now in the manner. And how things are, you know, how things are going. So this gentleman says, you know, what is, what are the solutions? You know, how do we break the polarization positive feedback cycle that, uh, Trump related anxiety and fear has established? Um, he says we must become acutely aware of the polarizing effect of Donald Trump's presidency on both sides of the political aisle. He also says we must act in ways that uh, alleviate these effects. That means making a conscious effort to de-escalate confrontations and curb aggressive attitudes toward those who don't share our worldviews or national identities. That's very important. And he also said, lastly, we must not only try to build bridges when possible, we should monitor ourselves from becoming too extreme, especially when behavior towards ideologically dissimilar others become aggressive and violent. When that happens, he says, the moral high ground is lost. As, a satis- as satisfying as it might be to watch a neo-Nazi like Richard Spencer get punched in the face, it is imperative that we remember that in the words of Martin Luther King Jr., hate begates hate. Violence begates violence. A concept that is supported by the results of terror management theory and mortality salient studies. What do you think about that, Terry? Well, these are definitely uncertain times. Um, I was sitting here listening to um, what you were saying, and something jumped up in my mind, and it was a quote by, okay. and this is a quote by Gore Vidal. And in the quote, he's talking about Italy, and it's after Stalin. But he says uh-huh. Italians, and I think this applies to Americans, demonstrating once more their astonishing ability to cope with disaster so neatly balanced by their inability to deal with success. When it's disaster, we come together as a people. It doesn't matter. It's just like Michelle said. It doesn't matter whether your blood is Democrat or Republican, what color you are, um, Mm -hmm. whether you're Muslim, African-American, Irish, or what have you. We come together and everybody loves each other and helps. But when it's a non-disaster time period, and let's talk about success, whether it's a woman trying to get ahead in business or you know, anything that's non-disaster, we fragment. Mm-hmm. We fragment. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, thank you for that, um, Terry. Very, very well said. And, it's, and it just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Michelle, your comment? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you, Terry, for that. The, the important thing is that people are reactive as as a 
as a species. We, we do not buy prevention. We buy relief. And we are mm-hmm. always looking for that relief. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the thing is that we now, is you, you said it earlier, consciousness, awareness, being aware of the radio stations we listen to, being aware of how we think about other people uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of if they have an animus toward a particular group. How many people in that group do they know personally? Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. to me, Trump is a symptom. He is a symptom mm-hmm. of, of a percolating uh, uh, action that has been underground for over 100 years. I think he just mm-hmm. brought it to the surface. And I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed as a country to see the people, the way they behave like a raging mob in the, at his rally with the, mm-hmm. the locked her up stuff and all of that. I mean, that's, that's, that's like the Nazi bunds that they used to have at, at those beer gardens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's all they need. So yeah. I think we need to stop showing so much of that. I think the media, I, I agree with Terry as well and you, that the media has really stoked these fires. I see how many times do we need to see him landing the plane on mm-hmm. the runway. And, and I'd like to get a, an invoice given to him for all the, the flights that he takes that are non, non-governmental. non He's going on a, a rally for uh, re-election. He's supposed to pay for that himself. We're not supposed to be charged, but that's not official business. Exactly, so. exactly. And this is something that I had. Thank you, Michelle and Terry. Um, this is something that I have spoken uh, many times on, on my show, and that is, uh, relating to what you just uh, said, uh, Michelle, is that all Trump did was allow these individuals to pull their race cars out their back pockets and say, "Yay, you know, I can use these now." Okay, and he's and he is one of the individuals that are definitely that is definitely breaking down the fiber of this country by breaking down the laws that protected, you know, classes of individuals, LGBTQ uh, community, uh, for example, uh, that you could just go out and do whatever that it is that you want to do. And there's no circumstances um, that you will have to face from doing that. Um, I agree with uh, uh, about what you said about uh, the media. I have said so oftentimes, too, they report on him too damn much. We don't need to know, see him coming out to the um, going into the helicopter and they're stopping and asking him some mundane question. I mean, you know, we should not be paying for all of this. He goes every night to some rally to this is four, three or four states that love his ass. And he's flying back and forth, back and forth to that. You know, um, the, the the citizens of this country should not be paying for that. We there's so many things that we need to be paying for versus him flying around to nondescript places, as Michelle has stated, and um, that that is not official business. Um, the, once again, the media. There are so many things that needs to be reported on. I have said this on many of my shows. Do not need to be reporting on him and the first lady. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and things like that. When, for example, when President Barack Obama was in office, you know, I would, I would, you know, like, well, gee, you know, haven't heard anything on uh, what, what the president is doing. But they sensationalize this. The media sensationalize all of this. Every time you look around, is he's on the TV 
all the time. It's, 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 it's enough. It is really enough. Well, thank you, ladies, for that comment. So now let's go on to our next, <clears throat> excuse me, which is Bill Cosby is paying for his criminal acts towards women. Harvey Weinstein and allegedly the person in the White House have committed similar offenses towards women. Um, is there a dog barking in the background? Could yeah, somebody I, do something about that? I put him in the other room. I'm trying to mute my button. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, he needs to go in because that 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 affects um, <clears throat> uh, my show. So I'd appreciate it if you could deal with that. Um, so let me start again. Bill Cosby is paying for his criminal acts towards women. Harvey Weinstein um, and allegedly the person in the White House have, have committed similar offenses uh, towards women. And they are still freely abound. And I want to know why this is. Now, Harvey Weinstein was recently shown, ladies, this past Tuesday on a TMZ broadcast that I recorded. And he was in a uh, convenience store picking up some items and gazing at a magazine with a picture of a female celebrity on the front cover. I'm just saying, really? Now, there has been no talk about an upcoming trial date for him, um, as I know um you know, that they, they sent him to Arizona to some swanky place where they patted him on the back and, and talked to him about why he's, you know, why he's such a, a mentally inept individual, you know, and that you should not have done this to the females in the movie industry in California. And then you have the electoral college, Terry, that made this person in the White House, you know, get through in spite of his allegations you know, uh, that these women have come forward with him, 16 and probably counting. Both of these individuals are still free among the population. Now, why do you think this is, Terry? Well, one thing, um, all 50 states have a different statute of limitations with respect to a sexual assault. Where Bill Cosby was uh, tried, there was a 12-year statute of limitations. I believe they're having problems with the statute of limitations in California with Harvey Weinstein. Um, mm. Not to say that it's only the statute of limitations out there. There are actually some states with no statute of limitations, but that's like North Dakota, I think. We're probably not going to have m- much going on in North Dakota. So the statute of limitations is one thing. But what upsets mm-hmm. me so much about the whole, you know, Toronto Burke started the Me Too movement, and she's a civil rights activist. And it was Mm -hmm. for sexual violence. And now we have the media who sensationalized a great nonprofit movement, and it's gone too far. Um, I think the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings where a woman comes forward 30 years after is a problem. I think it's pulling Mm -hmm. women down. It's pulling women down. 30 years after the fact, and you've done nothing till a man is... And, you know, I'm not saying I'm a for or against Kavanaugh, but I just think that she did that for the wrong reason. And a lot of women coming out with an axe to grind, um, or maybe they went their 15 minutes of fame, I think that's hurting us Mm -hmm. as gender. And it should go back to Mm -hmm. Tarana Burke's, you know, righteous purpose for forming the nonprofit in the beginning or spin off mm-hmm. the, the Hollywood scandal uh, part from the Me Too movement, because I don't think it's the same thing. Yeah. Michelle, thank you for that. Terry, Michelle, your comments. I have a mixture of ideas about this. First of all, I, I think the, again, the media in the need to feed the beast 
has really overblown and overexposed the Me Too environment. It looks like they try to make look like a bunch of crazy women running around uh, trying mm-hmm. screaming at people. That is not the intention. Part, mm-hmm. part the, what needs, in my view, what what needs to happen is that people can no longer be silent. And there's a threat to your job, to your family, and all of this. I don't think that the woman uh, who came forward, uh, Blasey Ford, I don't think her intention was to even be identified. That was leaked and on her behalf, and it was a mistake that they did Mm -hmm. that because Mm -hmm. it shows you can't trust anybody. You know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be anonymous. The point is that she didn't, she wanted to notify people, according to reports, I don't know her personally, but she just wanted to notify people of qualifications and that in the consideration that this should be considered, not for mm-hmm. her to have a whole circus platform out there. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think it's all about power, ladies, and power and money are interchangeable. And that, that's from the beginning of time. That nothing has changed. The one who had the most reindeer won, you know. It was, yeah. It's not, it's not about, it's, it's the power, the minute more women are in power, and some women are worse than the men, by the way. Yeah. But, Thank you. But, Thanks for saying that. But uh, I think as a whole, when there's more women in power, there will be a leveling off. Of this, and I think this is what we're seeing is a backlash. They're frightened by the amount of women that are coming forward. Number one, the number of women. Look at the the candidates this year for office. It's like mushrooms. They came out of you know came out of the darkness right there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my my two cents. Yeah. Well, thank you both for that. And it's very Can I interesting. Have one more comment. Yeah, you sure can, yeah. Terry. Go ahead. I'm speaking as a mother of three sons, and I shudder to think about them becoming successful in some respect, and a woman 30 years after the come forward and say, well, he was inappropriate with me 30-some years ago. I don't remember where, or um, yada, yada, yada. As Mm -hmm. a mother of sons, I think any mother that has sons, you got to really sit down and talk to your children. I mean, especially teenage boys and teenage girls, they do stupid things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying se- sexual assault. I'm not talking about sexual violence. I'm talking about yeah. stupidity. Yeah, they, they, they just do stupid. Yeah, I have two sons. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's, I think anybody who's the mother of teenage boys right now should be afraid. I should be mm-hmm. sitting them down. And, and where do you draw the line? And how do you even defend yourself decades later? It's almost exactly. impossible. And as far as Kavanaugh, because like I said, I'm not for him or against him, but, you know, with other accusers like Harvey Weinstein, when one person came out, a trove of people came out. You didn't see that with Kavanaugh. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. she's lying or not lying, but I think there was proper purpose. If not, if not from her, from whoever, you know, exposed her, there was an improper purpose. But we're looking like a laughing stock to the rest of the world when we do these kind of things. When we have confirmation hearings that look like a Jerry Springer show, our country does not look like we're being governed by smart people. 
Well, well, our country has not looked like being governed by smart people uh, uh, ever since um, uh, Trump and his administration, in my opinion, uh, crossed the crossed the threshold. We certainly are not being governed by smart people. I agree with what the both of you ladies have said, and this is why I wanted to get um, uh, two of the best ladies that I know um, on my show to discuss these matters because I knew that you guys will come out with it. And the thing is, is that I appreciate uh, the doctor coming forward and. And um, she was not so she didn't really want to come forward and things like that. These are things that were not well planned. If I'm going to come against you, you could trust me that I'm going to have all my barrels locked and loaded and I'm going to have some in reserve as well, because my intent is to take you down. So this is what they, they should have done. I, also in the comment, uh, Terry, that you made that how there was a treasure trove of women that came against Harvey Weinstein, who's still walking around uh, free. Um is that they that these women that were coming against uh, this um, Kavanaugh, they should have let that be. That that did not that did not happen because there it was just not orchestrated in the manner in how it should have been orchestrated. They showed this woman in the most uh, dimmest light as possible. This is a very intelligent woman. I mean, just look at and this is and I'm talking about the media. Just look at the picture when they were talking about. Um, the varying things that were going on, um, and I'm saying this very fast because I have one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, uh, when they would show her, for example, on the media, and I'm sure that you both have seen this at my listeners too, they showed her with when she had her glasses on and the hair was tangled up in her glasses. So they just kept showing that picture of her to make her look, you know, dimmer than what she what she really is. And and also, um, I want to comment that I do have two sons. And as and, and as a woman of color, I had started talking to my sons just like I started talking to my grand my grandson when they when when he was you know very little because of so many things that you know people of color have to come against. But also, um, Terry, I I agree with what you're saying, and I believe Michelle was was on this bring too that if you um you know 30 years later, here's some woman comes up and say that your son did something and. He's now president of the United States or whatever, you know. I, I just think as women, okay, I'm just saying this. I'm not at all defacing the fact that all of this kind of crap happens, okay, because I've been through some stuff myself. However, I feel that it should be brought to the forefront right then and there. And if you're going to do it later on, then you still need to have the substantial proof that this happened. You, you understand what I'm saying, uh, Michelle? Well, I think it's, it's the old-fashioned double standard, boys will be boys. Women raise, mostly women raise boys. And a, well, a lot of women give their sons passes. I have a son also and a daughter. And he was raised with the idea of how to respect people, not just mm-hmm. women. And he yes. knew how to open a door and pull out a chair and do all those things. But that's that social moray that no longer exists that Terry was talking about earlier, that there are no common social rules anymore. We have No, exactly. I think we should be teaching them in the schools because kids aren't getting them. Right. Our children of, in America are not getting the manners, the social mores, the Golden rules, they're not getting any of that anymore, and they're not going, their parents aren't taking them to church in a large part, so we need to start, I, I, you mm-hmm. can also call it emotional intelligence, there's books written on it, 
we need to start teaching it in the schools because we're not going to see a difference in American civilization returning to civility if we don't teach it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm running down on time, so I want to engage here. Um, You know, uh, speaking of schools, you know, we have all talked about how um, how terrible the school system here in this country um, is. And I do uh, agree with you, Terry. Yeah, we need to start. It, it, it starts at home. OK. And, and from my opinion, the teachers are basically there. They're there to instruct. And then when they go home, the, the, the parents or parent, um, it, it should be the one that, um, you know, uh, you know, um, enforces what the instructor has has said, you know, and and doing and things like this. I mean, we have just at, as a country. I mean, it's we are the laughing stock of other countries. They're like, ha ha ha! Look at the United States, you know, blah 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 blah. I mean, you know, this is. I I I don't know. I don't know. We we're going to have to talk about this again. But let me get on this this next one. Okay, now, um, you know, it this says that you know the the country needs to be. Um, a better place, you know, to live in. You know, it is often said that, you know, that we have to do better. And this is very much of a good segue for this uh, next topic. Now, this gentleman said, um, uh, his name is uh, Ara Vahanian on Soapboxy.com. And uh, he says there's five ways that uh, that we can make this a better place. Number one, the United States is one of the good countries, he says, but you know, there are good things about this country that he wrote, and it seems that the only news we hear about Americans is all negative. Um, he said he says that uh, Americans uh, need to invest in this educational system, bingo, instead of making cuts to the system. He says that Americans must take steps to improve its public transportation system, um, elect better people in the charge of the in charge of the White House. He gave a suggestion of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Um, the fourth one, the United States should do something to create more jobs for the people that need them instead of outsourcing jobs to India and China. And the last one is America must ensure that all of its citizens can get affordable, lower health care. Um, so we have about I have about four minutes. So I want to start with you, Terry. Um, do you agree with what this gentleman said and or do you have something that you would like to add on to what would make this, you know, we need to do better here in this country? Well, if we don't improve education, we don't, we're not going to change, we won't change anything. Education is the key. It's the tool to change that. And even education alone, I won't say that's the only thing that to change. But um, our country's changed so much in the last 70 years. We no mm-hmm. longer have a mother at home um, after mm-hmm. the children get off school. Uh, children aren't going to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. The teachers are no longer respected by the parents. I talked mm-hmm. to a teacher last week, and she said three people showed up to PTA. Three parents showed up to PTA. Yeah. But she said, yeah. you know, let them play sports and all the parents are there. But they don't yeah. go to PTA. So yeah. I guess it goes right back to values, social mores. And um, I think Americans lost their way. Um, I, they're reading less books, watching more movies. I think mm-hmm. I told you I, uh, somebody from the U.K., 
said they had a television show in the UK that said 80% of Americans don't have a passport. And they asked me if that was true, and I said, probably. And they said, how do Americans learn about the rest of the world? And I go, television. And they go, but they can exactly. learn about the rest of the world on television. So I don't know. When my boys were little, we shut it. I, I took away television. We didn't have one in the house for three years, and it changed. It, it, exactly. The fighting diminished. You know, when you have three boys, there's a lot of fighting going on. The fighting yeah. stopped. They played board games. They read books. And they weren't all hyper. Exactly. So, not I, to I cut you off, I want to, I'm sorry, Terry, not to cut you off, but I want to get Michelle in here real quick okay. because I got about two minutes left. I'm sorry. Michelle, let's hear, uh, quickly hear your take on this. Yeah, ditto, ditto to Terry. Uh, I don't want to put women outside of the home as a, as a lead issue. I think we had a very uh, negative transition for that. Mm-hmm. The, we needed a community type support system that would uh, be able to share some of these ideas. But I think the fact that people don't sit down at a dinner time or they unwrap their food rather than sit at a table with knives and forks and a plate, I think mm-hmm. there's, a whole, there's a whole different ambiance to that. And I also mm-hmm. believe that people have disrespected teachers in this country Teachers in, in Europe and so on are they're considered professorial. They're they're not they're maestros. They're not considered the low end of the stick. And the reason teachers have been so lowly paid and recently only recently nurses have been uh, advanced is that more men are going into the profession. So exactly, uh, yeah. Women women were teachers for years. It, you could be a teacher or a nurse until the 1965, up to that point, that's what counselors were doing, and those were low-paying jobs. So exactly is parity on the ability to earn, and that that changes the whole scenery because there is power in that ability to raise your voice. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, I Okay, I need to wrap this up. My engineer is telling me... Um, I want to thank both of my guests. We're going to have to do this again, have a part two, because there's a lot more that needs to be said. And um, it's very interesting. And I know that my listeners out there are very interest, uh, interested in the topics that we have talked about uh, today. I just like to throw in that there's no blessing at the dinner table. This is why I'm pushing uh, dinner table uh, conversation and that uh, women had to go out and work. I agree with the both of what you ladies said. However, there should have been another infrastructure put into um, in, into that slot while in, in her absence. I thank you all for listening to me. And um, I will be back in in, uh, two weeks. And um, I I hope and pray that all of you out there who are engaged in a hurricane are safe. I pray that you all are safe, whether you're engaging in the hurricane or not. So be kind to yourself because that's where it starts first. And then put that kindness and love on others. This is Teresa E. Keeves signing off. I'll see you in two weeks. Make it a blessed day.